Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast, Hollow Earth Headlines, episode one for January 2021. My name is Ed, and I am joined by my co-host today, Noma. Oh, hello, hello. And Dan. Hey, how's it going? Not bad, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> we got so far, we got, boys. <laughs> yeah, we got further in than I thought we'd get. Yeah. That, that, is, that, is, that is fun. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yes, Holonet Headlines brought to you by the Voice of the Force podcast. And what we bring you on this show is the latest information on video games, TV shows, comics, books, movies, general news in the fandom, board games and miniatures, and soon-to-be events that may interest you, may not, but they're good to know about just in case they have exclusive things you're looking for. If any of these interests you, you'll be in for a grand time. And if you want to make a mention of any of these or something that you found yourself, the Noma's going to tell you how you can contact us to give us any of that information you might find. Yeah, so there's a variety of different ways to get in contact with us. If you miss any of them while well, I go over them right now, don't worry. We'll do a little bit of a recap at the end of the episode. Uh, but one way to get in contact is email, which is voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. We've also got our Twitter and Instagram, both of which are at VoiceForcePod. Our Facebook is Facebook.com slash VoiceForcePod. A little bit of a pattern there. And we've got a website, which is www.VoiceOfTheForce.com. Uh, in addition, we're on basically every podcast platform, so you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and, you know, whatever you listen to. Yay. All right. Now... I'm trying to figure out how to get into the new stuff. Oh, okay. I have one. I have one. All right. Three, two. Now, before we get into our top headlines of the day, if you haven't, please go listen to the – I want to really call it the Florida Man's Cast. <laughs> I mean, I'll just rebrand it the Florida Man's Cast. Instead of the, the orange, I'll just take that out and put a guy's face. Uh, but, yeah, go listen to that. Um, for TVs and movies, basically the last big thing that was out was the – season two of the mandalorian and i think we went through almost everything in that last episode so definitely 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 go check that out you will not be disappointed we get a lot of good points across in that one don't we yeah and we had a great time talking with brian balance and vanessa gamble on, on all those topics it was the longest episode we've ever recorded yeah so milestones and milestones <laughs> to be proud of i'm not too sure <laughs> only time will tell but big news, big news on the gaming side of things. Guys, the EA exclusive era has come to a crashing end. Lucasfilm Games is back. Back? Or new? Or rebranded? What are they doing? What what, what are they doing? Is it, is it actually back? I think it's saved from the brink of death, like uh, Vader at Mustafar. Yeah, somewhere some <laughs> along those lines. They... Um... Because wasn't it LucasArts before? And that's why that's why I want to know if it was like well, to rebrand branded it. or not. Because mm -hmm. I remember LucasArts. Because LucasArts closed. I remember that happening when they uh, sold to Disney. Yeah, yeah. So they're, I guess, bringing back like the, the, I don't know what you'd call it, like the the Oversee team. This is like the Lucasfilm Story Group, I guess, but Lucasfilm Games for all the games that are going on. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We had some really interesting stuff in here, though. The, the VP of... StarWars.com, or no, sorry, the VP of Lucasfilm Games, Douglas Riley, was talking about um, you know, they'll be working on this uh, behind the scenes for a while now, and that they're looking to work with the best-in-class teams that can make great games across all of their intellectual property. Um, they got a team of people working on it at Lucasfilm Games. Uh, they work with developers, shape stories, shape the creative and games. Um, make them into resonate with fans and deliver across a breadth of platforms, genres, and experiences so that all our fans can enjoy Star Wars uh, that they know and love. So this is going to be interesting. I know they they did announce um, a few things. We had uh, them partnering up with Ubisoft uh, for yeah. an open world game. That's also which like that reminds me of the one before Fallen Order. Um, there was talks of something like that. And this is after oh, 1313. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it we was like that we small getting. teaser. He walks and out of like a cantina and it looks up and there's like TIE fighters flying above him and Tatooine or something. Exactly. Yeah. Like it was just right there and you had generic looking clothes and characters. So you could potentially be anything. Mm -hmm. I 
and because this is Ubisoft, I don't know uh, how free we are going to be with that if they don't just have a set character or something. Um, but either way, it'd be interesting to see this. Like, okay, you know, we had Fallen Order from EA, uh, which was, as time went on, they did get better and better from their rough start. Mm-hmm. And I mean rough, I mean, rough it was, start. It was a good homage um, to, like, Force Unleashed, I guess, in a way. Like, it was a um, less overpowered Force Unleashed, but also had specific things that kind of mirrored it a made little it bit. its own. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because there were things in it that definitely made it its own, but there were a few things where, like, you know, rep- like uh, just skills at that point, I felt like. There's things you could do, like repulse and everything like that. It was like, okay, yeah, well, this is just a callback. And, like, okay. the freeze time was a, was a big one that people... Like, I remember us were talking about that, too, and that was like, whoa... Why oh, can yeah, he stasis. freeze time? Yeah, yeah. the four stages stuff, yeah. yeah. But I'm excited for whatever they're going to bring as long as uh, it's not just EA and it's mul- multiple companies. See, because yeah. I, I feel like that brings up competition at that point. So oh, you yeah. no longer can be that, oh, well, you know, this is all you get, so yeah, exactly. deal with it. It's like, no, well, these guys are going to make one better, so we better do what we can because they still want to make bank on it. So Yeah, because mm-hmm. they, they, they said here as well, like, we're proud, really proud of the games we've created with EA. We'll continue working with them, and our relationship has never ended stronger, or hasn't never been stronger. Sorry, mm. uh, we will. Uh, we may not have a lot of details to share at the moment. We've got a number of products underway with the talented teams at EA, so they have at least two games going on with EA, um, one with Ubisoft, and I'm assuming more. Um, they also have an Indiana Jones game going. Yeah, with, for all uh, the Han Solo fans, Bethesda, oh, Harrison Ford. Fans, yeah, developed by Machine Games and the team at Bethesda is what oh, the Indiana yeah. Jones game is going with. Um, with Todd Howard, I think his name is. Um, yeah. But he, I mean, he... the Ubisoft open world game, like, I don't, I don't even know how that would like Star Wars, how that would work. Are you kidding me? It's just gonna I be mean, Assassin's Creed stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, for, yeah, but like, is it going to be on one Ubisoft's, planet then, or Ubisoft's is it going to be on multiple? These days is is big open world games. Yeah. So. But I mean, like, if so, um. Okay, so there's there's two ways I can see it going. One of them being a little bit more generic, and the other one, I'd hope, but I don't know. So the the more generic one is like, look, another Jedi who survived Order sixty six, or maybe it's during the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. or you know something like that. You do you do Jedi things. You run around and and you, you Jedi your way up. Um, the way that I think could be interesting when I kind of hear about it. In, and considering what's been so popular the last couple of years is if they did like a bounty hunter exactly. game. And I think that's where they're going to go. Really they cool. had they had 1313 in the works um before well, Disney acquired um Oh yeah, that's true. Lucasfilm. And yeah. that was basically like the backstory for Boba Fett as like a yeah. young adult, right? Kind of growing I mean, up the in the If they if they just revived 1313, I don't think yeah. anyone would complain, right? Oh, especially with the book of Boba Fett coming out, like that would be a really interesting like it could probably come out in the next 2 3 years I would assume for games. Yeah. Um maybe less. But um yeah, if, if it was like anything on that sort where it's kind of like the uncharted feel um but also open world, like that would be really cool. And I, the yeah. one thing I'd say with open world is it only on one world, or is it going to be on multiple worlds? That's it, right? Because yeah. we've already seen how you can travel to different ones in um, in Fallen Order, but that still might make it um, too linear at that point, because mm-hmm. to make all those big open places, like maybe I couldn't see that being a, a vital thing, but you'd have to put it on... Like, 1313 was going to be on course, just because there's so much of it you can explore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think it'd be really I, cool if they had like Navarro or like planets from the Mandalorian or like the new stuff in there, um, just for the, you know, yeah. And I mean, continuity sake. honestly, they could probably do both because with systems like the PS5, where PCs can do and every, and even the Xbox Series X, like they'll they'll have the power to be like you can do open world and then travel to another one and then it'll still be open. Will the scale of the world be as massive as some games? Maybe not. But it's possible. Right. Or it will be possible. And even speaking of PS5, Fallen Order, if you're just, you can't get enough of that and you want to keep playing it, it will receive a patch for the PS5. And Xbox yeah, Series be... consoles. Yes. Yes. So I, I don't know why I keep ignoring Well, I do know why I keep ignoring it. <laughs> ignoring it, Jedi it's, Fallen it's, Order it's, or the Xbox? The Xbox. It's popular vote at this point. Mm-hmm. And it, 
you, you know, how many people do you hear complaining because they can't get a PS5? Who have you heard complaining that they can't get a Series X? Have you have you <laughs> uh, have you acquired a PS5 or Series X? No, oh, no, I'm not like heavily looking right now. Oh, okay, I, I I have a working PS4. I have a working PC. You have a PS4 Pro PC. too, right? Yeah. So there's not like, much I'm... difference in like quality that you're gonna get. No, not really. It's, load it's the loading and, and everything, which is cool. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, it's like I can live with 20 seconds or 30 seconds of loading mm-hmm. at that point if it's a big area. I don't mind. And yeah, I got my phone right here. I look at it at the same time, so. Now, yeah, they got an update with it, so it basically turned it into getting 1440p dynamic resolution with uh, 60 frames per second, um, and then on the, uh, what is it, Xbox, or, oh no, of the three consoles, apparently they also improved up to 2160p, which is 4K, um, which is pretty sweet, with a low frame rate cap, so that's nice. Um, and yeah, they, they added an update even just before this um a little while ago and it was basically just adding like a uh, new mode like challenge mode that you could it's like do fun. Like, it is tests fun. of like uh how far you can go feats of strength against, and yes. stuff like that like it's like timed challenges or challenges like how There's far how many rounds rush. can you go kind of thing yeah it's it's it can be pretty tough cuz there's challenges challenges within the challenge like you know uh you have no healing items or don't get hit or something like that so it really tests like everything you can do so if you've just freshly played through the game your skills are at their max they can be definitely go check that out because mm-hmm. it's a it's a good test for yourself and if you find like you know there's one move that you can do blindfolded or something let's see how that'll work out in this kind of situation you you also have this little um do you remember the forge in halo where you could set up a uh, whole map and stuff like that. Yes, mm-hmm. that's like one of the they, only things I remember about Halo because I never played they, too much of it. Yeah, so they they have a downsized version of that kind of where you you have a little map you can make it uh, a small map, a medium map, a big one. Um, in Fallen Order. Yeah, yeah. And oh you wow! Can, you have a certain set of points, and you can you can put enemies on there. So you can put like a whole battalion of stormtroopers against you, whip out the double saber, and see how many you could take down in that first salvo. That's or nice. you can put like a couple Jedi or um, or Inquisitor enemies against you and see, or against each other and see them fight. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, like you can you can face off against the uh, Inquisitor Cal Custis, <laughs> and it is hilarious because he you see him just like his one of his taunts and dodges like just like brushing his hand through his hair. <laughs> so if you swipe at him, he like dodges it and like does this flourish and hits. It's it's really an interesting mode if you just want to create like random scenarios and see how it's you do the, as well. Uh, the what if scenario. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't know they had that mode. Yeah, it, it's fun if you're bored. It's just fun to mess about with. I think that's why it was there, just to be like, hey, create your situations. Yeah, you, know, you do. Or did you really like this boss fight? Here, do it five times in a row if you want to. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played since I platinumed the game, and I had to go like through every planet and walk all the way back because they don't have fast travel in the planets. Yeah. So after after beating the game and platinum the game, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to put this away for a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. You think the ship would just come pick you up. Right? You'd just be like, okay, I need to beam back to the ship. What is a Star Trek? No, but I need it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. The one thing I just that... wanted to say about Ubisoft is that they're partnering with... Um, what's the company? Like, their, their partner company. It's um, Massive Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, which... Worked on Assassin's Creed Revelations and a few other games. Well, yeah, but we went over this. Right? Yeah, like, right. Uh... <laughs> but it was more Cause... like the the secondary features, like online features or like yeah. side quest features, that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. I was talking about this with Dan uh, uh, a little while ago, and yeah, it's like because I'd never heard, of, neither of us had heard of them before, and so he he was saying, oh yeah, but they worked on was it Assassin's Creed the Revelations Division. and yeah, the Division. Mm-hmm. No, the, because there was another one. The, what was the the other game where the other um, single player game where I I had a feeling it wasn't the single player they worked on. I can't remember. What Andromeda? Uh, oh, could you no, imagine? No. Wait, they had a multiplayer <laughs> mode in Andromeda. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I did not know <laughs> well, that. It's it's just it's just it's literally just copy pasted from from Mass Effect Three. It's not yep. it's not amazing, but uh, wait, no, Mass Effect Three had? Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't that, know that it was had. Actually okay. Oh okay. 
I, I I played that one a decent amount. But, oh shit. Um, no, but the, not not for EA for for Ubisoft. Uh, it was yes, yeah, Assassin's Creed Revelations and some other game. And and it's, when when Dan mentioned them, I I kind of thought like oh Far Cry Three. I feel like oh Far Cry Three. That was it. And I I, I oh. asked him like was it did they work on the main game though? Because didn't feel like they had, and yeah, it turned out they worked on Far Cry 3's multiplayer, and uh, one one section of Assassin's Creed Revelations that was more like side quests than it, like it was a cool side side story, but mm-hmm. yeah, more side quests than main stuff. So I'm curious what they'll be doing then. Like what? Like I guess now that I know that Andromeda and Mass Effect 3 both had online multiplayer stuff, um, I was just like, how do you do an open world game with multiplayer? Like unless you're well, doing like a like a uh, joint co-op and like come play so, in my, in my world as well. And we can do this story so, together or something. R- yeah. So remember though, U- Ubisoft didn't make mass effect. That's no, uh, no, but I'm just in, in general, just thinking but, about like open world games. Well, like it, exactly. Right. Cause the mass effect multiplayers were uh, basically like gears of war survival mode. They oh, weren't. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, it wasn't like, like a, a real multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that is kind of harder to to pull off in uh, for an open world I just, game. I just had an idea because we were talking about it being possibly a bounty hunter game. Mm-hmm. It would be so cool if you could like like, o- like open world multiplayer. Sorry, open world game where you get to create your own bounty hunter and like a character creation type thing. And uh-huh. then if you want to play online, you can do co op so people can come into your thing. It's kind of like Swotor in that regard where you can have like a group of people. Say, yeah. But it's not like yeah, massive. Well, it's just like up to four people or something, and you guys can do like mainline quests or side quests as like a bounty hunting group. That sounds yeah, like yeah. a little bit from what Dragon Age did. Oh yeah, uh, for their it, multiplayer for Inquisition. That and um, Assassin's Creed Unity had that. I okay. Think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember yeah, yeah. that now. Was it? Were they, yeah, had they done well? Side missions. Man, yeah. they had some of the best weapons in that game locked behind that. And it was yeah. so frustrating oh, really? because nobody was playing anymore. And I wanted to get these. And I was like, all right, well, I'll stand here. I stood there for like five minutes, 10 minutes, 50. I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. It's like <laughs> Battlefront 2 online on the PS4. <laughs> Just yeah. waiting for an hour. Oh, man. But yeah, like o- overall for this gaming stuff, th- this, I'm interested, but I don't have a lot of, faith left in ubisoft or ea so you know i'm gonna be kind of hesitant waiting for that stuff to come out but i'm I'm excited for the future mm-hmm. what that could bring like if, if you're opening up the license please please by the wills of the force give me empire war 2 well okay so i didn't put this in the notes and i wasn't sure if we want to talk about it but um just recently um the guys who made empire war did a patch for the first oh, time yeah, all of the republic yeah i, I have no, I think they did like oh, another wait. patch, and they did, oh, they basically talked the actual, an official one. Okay. Yeah, an official patch, and they basically just said, "Okay, guys, that are like the the modders of the community, and like the people that still play it, and like the top kind mm-hmm. of voices of the the fandom for that game." They're like, "Okay, what kind of things and bugs do you want to be fixed?" And they're just like, "All of this stuff," and they just released an official patch since I don't know, like two thousand six. So oh, wow. they just re- or twenty eighteen or something like that, but they just released a patch for Empire at War, which is kind of cool. So yeah, uh, well, because uh, there's a mod, there's a mod that I've been messing around with. I haven't like fully dived into it, but it's called uh, Fall of the Republic, and it is, oh my god, it is amazing. Does it change the game a lot? Oh com- well, completely, because uh, you know, Republic and CIS weren't factions in in Empire at War. Well, that's right. I have, I uh, forgot like how like, it's been a long time since I played Empire at War. I was probably a kid when that game came out. So was it when did when did it come out? Empire at War. Uh, 2007 or 6, I want to say. Uh, yeah, 2006, February 4, 16. So I, I, I would have been a kid. I would have been yeah, in like elementary I... school. No, 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 no. No, 2006? Well, that, that's high school. We. Wait a minute. I, I, gradu- I graduated high school in 2010, so that would have been like beginning of high school. True, you're right. You know, I would have been grade yeah. 9, I think. Yeah. But uh, grade eight. Yeah, no, because I I remember that because that was when I still was only gaming on laptops. Yeah. At that phase, because I was too poor for desktop computer. Yeah, I think I had my compact laptop. It was so bad. Yeah. Oh man, the thing died. Something, but yeah. Oh my god. But uh, but yeah, no. Uh, Fall of the Republic is 
yeah, this is basically just going to be a plug for for Fall of the Republic. If you have Empire War, get Fall of the Republic. It's amazing. Like the amount of detail and work that they put in, they they reworked the whole campaign system so it's a little bit closer to a 4X game now. Like you've got food now and technology and resources that you're trying to get from certain systems and you know, you're kind of armoring up hyperspace lanes and stuff like that and the models are beautiful. If yeah, and and if there's if there's a character from the Clone Wars that you can think of, they're probably in the game. Like I, I I've been messing around, like I said, just a little bit, but I've already got Delta Squad. Um, Is Echo in there? <laughs> yeah, Sorry, well, I mean five. <laughs> well, so so I haven't built them yet, but I I want to build Commander Fordo at some point because I saw him. So Commander Fordo, there was Rex, there was Cody, there was. Um, a couple of other like you get you can uh deploy a hero unit that's ahsoka and anakin um and like yeah there there's it's it's insane there there's so much uh depth to it cool um yeah and you know aside from those hero units you're getting you're getting all the all the cool ships and some of the you know you can get name chips with with admirals and command well same thing as empire at war but yeah overall overall fall of the republic is just it's it's such such great content for Empire at War. I Basically, like it. Legion and Armada put together. Yeah, Literally. that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Now with the like the new patch where you have all the old stuff and the new stuff. Mm -hmm. Cool. Right. So this board games and miniatures that was. <laughs> <laughs> we do I've, have a little bit of news for that much. if you want to talk about it. Yeah, there, there's there's not a whole lot to talk about on on that front for me. Uh, We've got a couple more announcements that are coming up for Star Wars Armada. I've I picked up over Christmas holiday. I picked up the Clone Wars Armada starter set, which comes with the two consular class ships and the uh, Acclimator. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the the assumption because they showed the the photos for it for the next wave coming out are going to be the I can't remember what it's called. It's the CR something. It's the same thing that that home uh, Phoenix home is. In Rebels, okay, and uh, the Venator, and then uh, for the Separatists, they're gonna get their own things. I can never remember the Separatist ship class names, but it's the they're getting their cat their their version of the Venator. Dreadnought. You know, I know there's a the Dreadnought. Mean? Is it is it called is it the Munificent? I can never remember. Munificent's one. Of them. I don't know if it's, it's their equivalent of like the um, the huge like destroyer class. But I yeah. know it's one of them. Isn't the Dreadnought class like what Grievous has or something? Or am I wrong? Uh, I don't know because because all the, the the all of the uh, CIS ships have weird names. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so it's not the Munificent because that that one came out in the starter. Yeah, that's alright. And I so I keep I always call it the Luker Hulk, but I know the Luker Hulk is the the donut. The big circle, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, hmm. <laughs> when it when it comes to me, I'll I'll, I'll burst in and scream it. But <laughs> now we get to get to the meat of the podcast, boys. Yes. So, mm -hmm. new year once again means new release. Now this release was pushed back. It was supposed to come out back in August, I believe it was. Um, but due to the unfortunate circumstances of 2020, they're spilling into 2021. It was pushed back, but it is now here it has arrived and we were ready not ready enough to finish it for today <laughs> <laughs> but making our way through it uh Star Wars the high republic is out now the novel light of the jedi any cursory thoughts that we have on that so far from general speculation from what you've read are you enjoying what you've read so far are you waiting for it to pick up are you, do you think that this is a series you will fully jump into, like the Thrawn series? What are, what are some preliminary thoughts on it so far? Um, I've started the Light of the Jedi. I think we're covering that next week uh, on Temple Archives. But the the audiobook itself is really good. Uh, Mark Thompson's uh, narrating it, of course. Great. I was just about to ask that because that was going to be one of the things where it's like I'm reading the book right now. But yeah. in terms of listening, I was like, man, I if it's Mark Thompson, I might have to bite it because he yeah, it's good. He's every one he's worked on so far, I've thoroughly enjoyed. I think it's thirteen to fourteen hours. It's a longer one. Um, normally they're on twelve, but okay. Um, it's it's well done. There is a lot of Jedi, um, non spoilery. Um, 
stuff. It's like it just jumps into it, mm-hmm. and uh, it it kind of it makes you guess at first, and then you're kind of starting to put pieces together as they pe- put it together. Um, but it's interesting stuff. Like I'm excited to see where the novel like ends because I remember them talking about it. Like they're gonna say like this book basically sets the whole groundwork for everything. Um, and they said that the other books that are out right now are A Test of Courage and The High Republic issue number one. And then there's a young kids, young readers book called The Great Jedi Rescue. But uh, they said, read Light of the Jedi, then read A Test of Courage, and then read High Republic number one comic. Um, if you don't want to be spoiled on anything and you want everything to kind of make sense, that's the kind of order you want to read. They didn't say anything about The Great Jedi Rescue, so I assume it's just like a side story that's not really important. Um, mm. But... So far, I'm I'm liking Light of the Jedi. It's made it's written by Charles Soule, my one of my or actually my favorite um, author for Star Wars stuff at the moment, um, apart from um, Timothy Zahn. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a good it's a good start to this new era of Star Wars, and it kind of it sets like the understanding of like where the galaxy is at, kind of at the beginning. So you're kind of put into that that section of the of the Star Wars universe. Because especially for a new IP, there's going to be a lot of world building to start. So that can seem slow at some points, but it's it's necessary because all the questions we potentially would have, you want to answer as many of those as possible in your first setup books, right. be it mm-hmm. the, the comics, be it the novels, be whatever it is. So that way you have some foundation. And if it's strong enough, because some of the things I was finding online uh, especially from reviews where that people were saying like, oh, you know, there's too many characters, this, 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 this. It's like, listen, if you could follow Game of Thrones, <laughs> you could most likely follow this. Oh, and easily. Want, it's yeah, so much you, better. You want all these characters at this point because then, you know, at some point people are going to find favorites among whoever. That's fine. But then that means content. That means more stuff to work on. That means how many different branches and things can you go for? Maybe there's a schism. Maybe your favorite character ends up on one side versus another that starts to lead us into whatever the Republic is from when we, when we start off on episode one, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know, it's all, all of it is necessary. The fact that we have so many characters, I don't think is a bad thing because it's a series about like, this one is literally called light of the Jedi. Yeah. And I think with the, like the amount of characters that we have, being introduced in this new world, um, mm. people are going to find the character that they really connect with, and then there's going to be multiple, you know, pieces of literature, whether it be comics, manga, um, short stories, novels, young adult books, that kind of stuff. They'll be able to find that character in those pieces of media, and yeah. if they want to selectively read those, they can for that character, which I think is a really interesting, you know, perspective on this. Like, you know, like, how did they end up getting to the number of 10,000? Like, are they building up to it now? Is it diminished since up when you mean it gets like the number the... of Jedi, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, it, that'd be interesting to kind of. These are these are all questions that can be answered or these are questions. These are some of the questions that you can just bring up that be like, you know what? Maybe these will be answered in this and maybe we'll see why and where and what happened. Mm-hmm. And it could potentially having this prequel to the prequel could potentially build up something greater that happens after all the craziness of four, five, and six. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so they're, they have so many, so many ways to go from this, but as off to a decent start, really. So, and yeah, they had to start on the audiobooks, they had to start with Mark Thompson. Oh, definitely. Just, just, oh, yeah. just based on like, you know, customer review and everything like that. It's like he's everyone's favorite. So it's like if you had or Jonathan Davis comes close, but it's just like, you know what, Thompson, he's been doing so well for the last few years. It's just like, yeah, if you want familiarity, if you want to feel like, you know, you're just going to write to another book, there's no big jump in anything like that. Yep. Here's a familiar voice at that point. So that's really cool. Um, but Dan, coming soon, we have a few more Bef- more novels. Before we get into that, actually, um, I wanted to know, Noma, have you, do you have any thoughts on the High Republic stuff before? Uh, like, I, I know you haven't gotten too far or gotten into the Light of the Jedi yet, but do you have any, like, preconceived mm. thoughts of, like, what you're thinking might happen or, like, uh, what you might be interested in? Yeah, so my first thought is that uh, Dan was right. So it's the Providence class dreadnought. Hey, there you go. <laughs> oh, okay. Of course I'm right. I know my prequel yeah. trilogy. <laughs> Although it's simultaneously a destroyer, a carrier, and a dreadnought. So I don't know what? how that's supposed to work. They yeah. can do everything. 
It's called all three. I don't understand. The meta ship. <laughs> yeah, right? It's whatever you want it to be. Um, but to answer your, your actual question, um, I, yeah, I'm, I don't know. The, oh, I'm, the... I'm so sorry. Uh, it's narrated by Mark Thompson, not... Did I say Mark Thompson? Yeah, yeah. you did. Okay, just cut that out then. <laughs> I, I, I was I like, wait a minute. Jonathan Davis. Jonathan Davis is the other one. Second one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was Mark Thompson. My bad. Yeah. It's all good. Um... But yeah, so I'm I'm mostly just curious about kind of the release or like you mentioned how they're saying what order you should be reading them in. I, I really hope they, they post like a, you know, official list of how you're supposed to go through the material. They did on the Star Wars website, I believe. Okay, so, perfect. So like it hasn't been updated for like the stuff that's coming out, but I believe um, for the stuff that has released, they're like, yeah, read it in this order. Mm. Okay. And outside of that, you know, slight slight bias but i'm really interested in seeing uh the manga that come out of this right i mean oh, they, me too, they they're they're giving it to viz right that means shonen jump that means yep. high level of talent so you know I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to to seeing what'll come out of this it's not like i'm expecting any of you know the big name uh mangaka to actually have a jump hand in this unless they want to yeah exactly well, right like see that's that'd be really thing, interesting though. if they, they had they just might because with everything happening on the uh visual side of stuff with the with the shows and those 10 short films that are coming out from anime studios i can see manga studios being just like hey why don't we get involved in this too even if it's like a side project thing at that point yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a lot of work, and these guys do a crazy amount of work. I think people don't appreciate that enough, how much work goes in oh, yeah. for manga. So if even they do attempt something on the side and it's decent, that's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know um, the original Lost Stars volume was done by, like, they adapted the story from Claudia's, Claudia Gray's book, but it mm -hmm. was uh, Yusaku uh, Komiyama who did the art for it. Um, so... It'd be interesting to see. I don't know. I can't remember exactly. Uh, let me just double check here. I don't know if they have it up on here. Yeah. So they have a different person doing the art for the new book that we'll be talking about in a moment. Um, so they're they're branching out a little bit, which is nice with uh, different artists and different uh, collaborators on these books. But okay. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. The one thing I'm really excited about is that. The person that knows, like, as a, as a, not that the other authors don't, but Charles still knows the Force pretty pretty deep with, like, his knowledge of, like, how dark side and the light side work together and, like, op oppose each other. Um, and that's, like, see that in, like, the Darth Vader comics that he wrote and, and whatnot. But even at the beginning of Light of the Jedi, it is such a um, distinct, like, he, he talks about how the Force connects different Jedi to the Force, like, to it. And like speaks to different Jedi, and it's really interesting to see um, what he will do with that kind of stuff. Just because he—that's his specialty, I would say—in in like writing Star Wars is the differences mm -hmm. in the Force and how it, you know, you know, permeates everybody in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I picked up on, and I looked it up afterwards, and yeah, this was something that a lot of people were talking about. Um, They—I don't know if you call it like a soft. If it's going to be a retcon or not, I don't think it will be just because of what the the both trilogies that were all three of them now have, which is which the mind trick. Uh, I they call it mind touch or something in the yeah, light of the it's Jedi. Yeah, like persuasion. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like you know it. Again, I'm I'm not upset or anything about that because it kind of fits with the time. And how everybody's like, oh, you know, this this is great time. This everything. We're spiritual. We're so great. Everybody loves us. All this is great. So yeah, we don't we don't trick you. We we shall touch your mind and see if we can persuade you to do something else. Now the one thing I'm gonna say it's it does happen in the Light of the Jedi book, um, but I, I think it's a different technique than the, the Jedi mind trick. I think well, a lot of people. There's a character who still calls it mind trick because it's still it's still persuasion. It's still trying to like mess with somebody and like that. They just they feel like trick isn't like again with Charles Soule and everything like that, right? Like it's it seems like you're using the force of the tool not as a part of what it's supposed to be, right? So I think it's just it again it's trying to connect to that spirituality of the of the time. It could be. I think the so, thing the thing that I noticed. Stuff, look at look at what they're wearing and well describing what they're wearing and how their robes look and even with the concept art and everything with like that everything looks regal 
in a sort of oh, way. They don't sure. look like monks, per se. Or if they are, they're very fashionable monks. Yeah, all of their robes have, like, that extra design factor to make it look more regal. It's not just, like, it's not the usual, like, just plain clothing. Mm-hmm. Plain, and like, mm-hmm. tunics and stuff like that. Yeah, but... so for just from seeing that alone, it's like, you know, okay, well, how would you feel if one of these... I, I got nothing else to say, but like high class mm-hmm. Jedi at that point would be like, you think I use tricks? How dare you insult my honor? Kind of thing like that. I merely touched his mind. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing I would say about the Jedi mind touch is that um, kind of spoilery here, if you don't want to know how it works, but basically how it worked in what the section that I, I read, I haven't gotten through the whole mm-hmm. book, but is um, a Jedi goes up to somebody and actually like touches their shoulder and like influences them through like their words by like having their hand on, the shoulder so the jedi mind touch the differences that i found was like you actually have to like have your hand or like touch somebody that way whereas like the jedi mm. mind trick you can just wave your hand you know you know 10 feet away from them and then you can just influence their mind uh, that way see i feel like uh, noma you might remember some of this like you know like force empaths and stuff like that mm-hmm. where they were able to connect with somebody through things like that touch feelings yeah. of things so i don't know if they're gonna bring it down to something that's like this is just pure speculation now but it's like okay is it because at that time they were so much more in tuned to the force that you didn't have to like specialize as an empath to do oh, that like everybody would just have the power to naturally do that i don't mm. know but it, it'd be interesting for them if the, if something like that was a factor because mm-hmm. we, as we knew as the years went by the dark side got stronger and stronger and stronger they were they were able to do less and less and they had less influence Wait, on everybody the jedi fall mm. what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah spoiler alert spoiler alert <laughs> yeah, yeah for episode yeah. 3 jeez <laughs> no for episode for, you could even argue for episode 4 yeah true it's true. only a 40 year old spoiler wait 40 <laughs> 50 year old spoiler now oh man <laughs> yeah but there are yeah, even with everything we got to talk about with Light, with Light of the Jedi, uh, there's still a lot more novels coming out. I mean, there's a few phases that the Light of the Jedi series will have. But before that, we've got... Dan, what do we got for those? Man, we got so much. So we have another novel, which is Into the Dark. Um, and I believe... Let me just pull them up here. So yeah, we got uh, Star Wars The High Republic Into the Dark, written by Claudia Gray. Uh, we also have The Monster on Temple Peak which is written of Temple Peak, sorry. It's a graphic novel written by Kevin Scott and Rachel Stott. I believe yeah, the art is done by Rachel Stott. And um, we got, let's see here, Out of the Shadows, which is a new book written by... hell is it? Out of the Shadows? No. Damn it. They're written this in here. Um, Out of the Shadows. Yeah, sorry. Out of the Shadows... Uh, which is written by Justina Ireland, and um, Race to Crash Point Tower, which is written by Daniel Jose Older, who did the... Um, uh, Ed, what's that one with uh, Solo and um, Lando? Last Shot. Last Shot. He wrote that, that one. That was great. That was yeah. great. And he's the one who narrated it. Like, he actually wrote, uh, read it, too, for the audiobook. Mm-hmm. And The Edge of Balance, which is the manga uh, one, and that is written by Shima Shinya, and Justina Ireland, and the art is done by Mizuki Sakakibata. We have one more, which is the comic book, The High Republic Adventures, number one. And uh, that one is written by um, Daniel Jose Older. And the artist is Harvey Tolabao. And that one comes out February 21st this year. So it's coming out pretty soon. Like these are almost like February is the next kind of huge dump of high republic novels and content and stuff like that which is kind of cool we have about a month to get up on all these four all yeah until the next (laughs) set come out but But that's a that's a really ambitious goal and that's one that we're gonna undertake oh for sure if you know listeners you know everybody even even with all the unfortunateness is happening around the world if you still don't have that kind of time and you're really mainly focused on the main books, the main novels of this series, which would be, I guess, The Light of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, Into the Dark would be another one. Yeah, Into the Dark for sure. But if you can really just focus on one uh, and you're really enjoying Light of the Jedi, there's three phases for it. So right now we're in phase one, which is Light of the Jedi. Uh, this is supposed to be a multi-year spanning series, so maybe not in next year, maybe 2023. They said, yeah, anything? each phase is going to be one year. 
Yeah, so, so 2022, we can uh, roughly 2022, we can expect Quest of the Jedi, which would be Phase Two, and then Phase Three, which maybe in 2023, ha ha, which would be cool. <laughs> uh, we'd have Trials of the Jedi, which makes this really interesting. Just reading, just reading um, into those the headlines of each phase. Yeah, because if you think about it, right? Like, okay, the Light of the Jedi. Let's say you're a, you're a foundling, and they they pick up on you in the universe. They come pick you up because they sense your light. Or just your force, right? Then your quest, you know, you get you get a you're a Padawan, you get a master, you go about doing your stuff, going on missions with them, figuring out, learning the ways of the force, and then you have your trials at the end to see, okay, are you good enough? Are you skilled enough to go to the next rank? Are you what do you have? Or maybe you go to the agriculture guild, maybe you go to somewhere else. Maybe you just stay at the temple and then your training ends because you know you can't control it or you maybe you need more training. But it's good to see that they're kind of incorporate to me anyway, they're incorporating that kind of style to it. So it's just like, you know, we're building and we will learn and we will get better and we will get that that gives me hope right there. That's that even it, yeah, even in something as simple as just like what are we going to call them? What are we going to name them? Why are we going to go for that? It seems like there was a lot of thought put into that. Mm -hmm. And maybe maybe I'm just reading too deep into it. Maybe they just sounded cool. Because that could be a simple reason that's, you know what, go with it. Right? But yeah. I don't know. That, that It's very interesting that they're named that way. Yeah. So I'm My speculation excited. is like Light of the Jedi is like everything's going well until nothing's going right. And then mm -hmm. Quest of the Jedi is like, okay, we need to figure out why it's not going right. What's going on? Yeah. And then Trials of the Jedi is like, okay, now we know what's going on. We need to fix this. Yeah. Or fall, mm. right? Those are the three kind of phases that in my mind are kind of how it's going to go. A Ooh. splinter of Abeloth is here. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Mortis, everybody. It would be cool. It would be it really would. cool. You know what? I wouldn't doubt they it. had to show they couldn't stop it. They st Even at the height of whatever, they still can't stop her. So they got to trap her again or something. Mm -hmm. It'd be good. It'd be cool. Um, Does anybody have anything else they want to say? I did um, want to bring up they they did announce new characters. Um, we just got like concept art for them. Nothing really descriptive about it, really. Um, so we have like we kind of get like where the, what book they're going to be introduced in, and kind of like a slight thing. We get this mm. one. His name is Leox Giassi or Giassi. Giassi. Yes. Yeah, he's Gassy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it says Into the Dark will introduce us to some new galactic pilots. Ray shared some thoughts or insights into her squadron of heroes, including Leox, Geode, and Affy. Uh, we get some new concept art of these like bat type type creatures that are they look <laughs> they they look like uh, cracked out furry gremlins uh, that are like mechanics, and oh, they're called man. the Bonbrax, which is awesome. Yeah, see that design. I hope I hope they do good for the galaxy, and they're not a uh, quote unquote plague on it. No, because I think that would be really poor taste. No, I think I think they're definitely going to be like the mechanics on like a on a boonie planet or something out in the the frontier of the New Republic. Yeah, because um, I hope they don't go the Jar Jar way with them. Oh, yeah. It's the only thing. Mm -hmm. They said uh, we also get what are they called here? Uh, Ty Yorick, who is I don't remember what species of alien that is. If but, you remember Addy Gallia. Yes, Addy Gallia. That's, that. that's oh, what yeah. you look. That's it, it what starts, you can picture. It, it starts with a T. That's all I remember. We are not Star Wars fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we lost our licenses yet again. Uh, <laughs> uh, but she looks cool. She's got like this like black uh, cape on. It's all dusty up and dusty and whatnot. And then we get like her blue kind of highlights on her dark gray or purplish kind of tunic. And has like highlights and stuff and like blaster scuffs and whatnot. It looks cool. Like she's definitely been through like a battle or something. If you had to throw her into like a Jedi class, I could see either Sentinel or even uh, a Shadow mm -hmm. at that point, mm -hmm. just based on the look. Because like, you know, who gets that messed up, especially in a time like this, right? Like, where are you? What are you doing? What's going on? The face mask, everything like that. You're definitely going like, it's like when um, in The Force Unleashed, when you go to Raxus Prime. And you just look like absolute hell oh, yeah. going through that, right? Mm. Same goes, it looks like, do you think Ram Jamaram? That's a great name, character? Ram Jamaram. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I was just like, ugh. But Padawan, maybe, do you think? Yeah, it's got like a light. He, person has like, what is a yellowish gold tunic with a yellow like sash 
and like a huge utility belt and like a, a utility strap that kind of goes it's like a what do you call those That's, things um it's definitely a custom thing like a tool belt but he's got like a shoulder strap with it yeah yeah they they have like a, a little pouch on the side as well i'm just trying to think of suspenders it's like a <laughs> suspender almost like a one side suspender with his lightsaber attached oh yeah definitely a pot of one because you can see the braid can you oh you can i didn't even notice that yeah yeah there you go um but especially it looks like that could just be like grease stains all over them because it looks like he's got the goggles to be like a mechanic or something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but yeah this is it's interesting because if you picture picture a mix between a spacer and a jedi so instead of the robe you have almost like yep. a vest uh, but something interesting is that they've all, uh, well, no, Tyark doesn't seem to have it. But the symbol for the, for the, I guess this age of the, the High Republic. The High Republic. You symbol. can see that displayed on so many of them. Like, is that just a Jedi symbol? Is that a symbol to do with the Republic? Mm -hmm. Because they all have it in some sort of way, like almost like a badge. Where on again on the almost like original, a sheriff's badge. Yeah, because with the originals, you don't see any sort of symbol on them except for the lightsabers they carry so this it's another really interesting point in this time frame of the universe mm -hmm. let me just uh read here they have uh some new stuff uh information about them so it says and we got our first look and intel on the host of other new characters from the bombrax to ty yorick to ram jamaram uh the higher public is full of new fun creatures aliens and characters next one is the character inspiration runs the gamut while Gray envisioned a Matthew McConaughey type uh, for one of her smugglers, Boulder used a colleague's radio call sign from his days as a paramedic to help him craft a character known as Buckets of Blood. You're going to want to hear him tell that story. And then the last one I see here is Soul's new fiction in the latest Star Wars Insider is just the beginning. In addition to the series of tales that began in the issue 199, Ireland and Scott will be penning some Starlight stories from the or for the magazine this year so if you're not a star wars insider um subscriber you probably won't see those um you might see them online on like reddit or something eventually um depending on where they get um picked up and like basically scanned it's usually like two pages three pages of uh the magazine that has like a short story that coincides with a book if you remember our temple archives with uh tarkin i think we talked about uh, a short story there and then with battlefront twilight company as well there's a short story um, before that as well. But there's a lot of other information in here, you know, talking about the different um, people working on, like, the manga and stuff like that. But, Noma, what do you think about all this stuff? Um, I mean, you know, as someone who, who still needs to kind of dive into Light of the Jedi, it all seems interesting. But it's all super ambiguous right now. So, yeah, no, I, I mean... I like the character designs for for most of these people. And yeah, same as you guys, right? I'm just hoping the Bond Brax are, you know, add something. Not just like, uh, as... uh, what do you call them from uh, The Rise of Skywalker? Can't remember his yeah, name. Yeah, as long as, as long as you don't Babu Freak or Porgs yeah. them, then I'm, I'm happy with the uh, uh, Hey! Result. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious. And then... I know we haven't gotten into it yet, but then going into some of the other stuff uh, that they talk about, like the graphic novel and and the manga, I'm I'm curious to see the more um, you know art artistic. Well, yeah, artistic side of it, right? Where you get to see more comics and manga style mm -hmm. as opposed to you know novels are great, but we've had novels for a long time, and you know there's a certain edge that I or and not necessarily edge, but well, <laughs> flavor doesn't seem like the right word, but it's like kind of what I mean, where it's just, yeah. you know, you, you get something that you miss from just words alone, right? Exactly. So. You have the, the artist's mind behind the author's words, and it was like yeah. you, you get as close to what the author wanted you to picture um, yeah, when it comes yeah. to that character and the scenes and the lighting and the action and the sequences in there. Yeah, the visual and... effect just hits you in a different way too. Like, if you want to bring up like Lost Stars again, it's the Battle of Hoth, 
Mm. But when you see how they portray the ATATs in that one, they're mm-hmm. more terrifying than ever. They're like in on the screen for movies, they look kind of just dopey in the distance, mm-hmm. right? But these ones you're seeing like right up close, and you just look up, and it's like, oh my, yeah, that's scary. All the all the blaster fire hitting the actual caverns they're in, and mm-hmm. seeing everything tumble and crumble, and seeing how hectic you could get a sense of how hectic it was in a different way than just like reading and it was utter chaos in the in the center but when you see the other chaos you take it to another level and you're like oh what would you do in that situation where you go do you see an exit oh you see it over there do you think you can make it next panel over he's crushed by something like oh man i was about to run there oh no right yeah yeah i know what you mean where it really adds something it's different not necessarily a good or bad different it's just different yeah, to uh, to to use the lingo that the kids use these days. Yeah, it hits different, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I also think it's it's important for this because you know, granted, we've had comics about Star Wars before, right? So that's not new, but not for High Republic, right? So I feel exactly. like that'll that'll be a good bridge. Yeah, is to really kind of this is the closest we'll get to seeing it in movies until Acolyte. Mm-hmm. So so being able to establish that that uh, visual sense and and art style that they're going for, I think that'll be really cool to see. Now, so. would you speaking of the like all the visual novels and stuff like that that have been released already? Are you would you go into it with some expectations, or would you wipe that completely blank and then just try to go in expecting nothing and just to get blown away or disappointed? Uh, I mean, I'll be going in with 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 some expectations, probably. Okay. Um, you know, just just be better than the sequel trilogy. <laughs> that, that's. <laughs> That's going to be the bar I go in with, really. It's is it just, high? Is it low? Uh, yeah. It varies. It's but... the High Republic, so it has to be a high bar to clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, you know, be more competent than Rian Johnson. That's all I ask for. It all is... boils back to that. <laughs> I mean, be better. basically. Yeah. <laughs> I think the safe thing to say right now is that they it, they are showing that they have some sort of plan in place like okay yes, oh we're yeah going this is a multi-year plan here, they've been working on here mm-hmm. yeah it's not just like oh we got this guy to do this and then we got this guy to do that like no no this is planned think, yeah they've definitely learned from that and i don't believe we'll get something like that again unless something just goes to absolute shambles yeah and you know i i don't see how that could happen now when you have so many people involved and these people that have like are involved with this no star wars they've written star wars for years now uh, since mm. you know 2015, and uh, these people are like trusted with the IP, right? And mm-hmm. they all, as we saw in the video when this was announced, they were all in like a room, multiple times I assume, not just once and not for four years, but they were mm-hmm. all in a room with like a whiteboard there with all these ideas, you know, you know, trying to connect all the dots and all the characters and all that kind of stuff, and they they worked together to create this ma- mega story, is what they call it, this yeah. mega saga of the high republic so honestly any doubt in my mind that this is going to go to hell no i have i have no doubt this is going to be the best star wars we've had in a while see and i think this is this will be something that kind of really puts our little group into three categories of very positive um (laughs) i think once you guys get into it you guys will love it and that's it like i'm leaning towards the neutral side now where it's just like I, I'm not with you on that. I can't see any way they're going to mess it up. I have very low percentages on that now where it's just like, you know, I, I can still hold a 10% that something might go terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. But that's low enough where it doesn't bother me. But I'm still excited, mm-hmm. you know? So I, yeah. I'm really on that line of just like, I want to I be there with you, Dan. I want to be there with you. Just be like, oh my God, I can't wait for everything to come out. Yeah. But Again, it's like EA and the apprehension. EA a little yeah, strong, yeah. more strongly, but it's like. But these people have never ha- like these people have never. Well, like, but but regardless of that, it's the brand, right? So you know, it's it. it's once burned, twice shy, seventeen times. You're not fooling me this time. But mm, every right? every time these authors came out with something, it has been at least good and at least something that is yeah, palatable. You know but, what? Yeah, but again, that's the thing. Like, yeah, no, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, no, I'm just 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 saying what I think you're gonna say, right? Where it's like, yes. The people behind it are great. That doesn't mean that there isn't going to be outside interference that absolutely ruins it, right? Exactly. For, you know, I I don't think that J.J. Abrams is a bad filmmaker, and I know for a fact that he didn't invent the line, they fly now, right? That's that that kind of thing that I mean, or Mm -hmm. that, yeah, when when it's like, at this point, once 
you've seen something get screwed up so many times. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter who's behind it anymore. There's a million and one ways that even if with the best talent backing you, you can still screw everything up, right? Dude, uh, that's completely at, fair. Yeah, look yeah. at what happened with Cyberpunk. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, CD Projekt Red. I I still hold them in high regard, but they've uh, they've lost a lot of people, and they've done really good things beforehand. Mm -hmm. And so, it's one hiccup can come through, and if one hiccup is a whole trilogy, then that is a big thing that has a lot of people apprehensive. Sure. So I definitely, but I definitely lean more. Towards and Noma, don't kill me for saying this. Uh, I definitely lean more to Dan's side. Yes, at, at no. this point of time, lean to the light side. No, yeah, you, def you can definitely yell the Kylo Ren to me right now. Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah. The only because it's again, this is their chance to start strong, start fresh, take take every opportunity you can to eliminate these doubts and really hammer home that you know what you're doing and you know work that you know your fan community now, mm -hmm. you know the base. You've had five years, six years to really listen to people. And a lot of it, yes, was a whole mix of just nonsense and pure anger and no constructiveness whatsoever. But that in and of itself is sending a message that, you know what, look at what Mandalorian did. You, you bring back old big characters who, you know, really deserve some time and really deserve you get you hit a lot of people. You can't do that here, but you can definitely set something up that they'll be like, you know what? Yeah. OK. OK. Huh. What? Huh. Okay, and then more and more, they're not letting it go because they, they're interested in seeing, you haven't let me down so far. Mm -hmm. Let's see what's next. I, and that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for from this, just just for positives. Like, it doesn't have to be the best book in the world, but don't be trash. And I think, I think yeah. one thing to keep in mind, too, I know it has, like, it, the, the story has a connection here, I guess, but very, very vaguely. But, like, the actual people involved might not be. But mm -hmm. if if we've learned anything from, you know, season one, season two of The Mandalorian and all the projects that they have on the go with, you know, all the movies and TV shows that we talked about with the other podcast, Florida Cast, um, and seeing how they're, you know, jumping into Star Wars and giving the reins to like Dave Filoni and John Favreau, I think they, I hope that they realize that, you know, this is the way we need to go. We need to get people that love Star Wars, know Star Wars to work on Star Wars and let them play in this universe in a way that they you know that fits um mm -hmm. you know the story the nice thing about the high republic is that there is no story yet like this they're making this world they can make it whatever they want but as long as everybody that's working on the high republic understands you know the constraints that they have to work in and not the, the negative constraints but like mm -hmm. the constraints of like what you can touch and what you can't touch with certain things yeah. right story points characters that kind of thing i think we're gonna get you know, a beautiful mega saga is what they say um, mm. of these things. And, you know, I'm not looking for the, the highest. I'm not, you know, holding my breath for the book, you know, The Great Jedi Rescue, which is a young reader's novel. But, I mean, you know, it's probably going to be on the same wavelength as, like, Chewbacca and the Forest of Fear. Like, it's not going to be something yeah, that yeah. I'm going to jump back into. But you never know. It could have, a, like, a hidden little detail in there that's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, yeah. that's a little, that's a nod to, you know, Yoda or whatever it is. Um, but I think yeah, but, overall we're going to get some, some beautiful stories being told. Yeah. You know, I hope that they, they, you know, I don't want this series to fail. I'm just, you know, going to be as, as guardedly skeptical as I always am. Yeah. So. That makes sense. Hmm. Now we always have to balance each other out. We got, you know, exactly. Dan, you know, light side and we have Noma on the dark side and then we have in the middle, we have Ed, the balance. <laughs> See, now I want to round it off on a balanced note as well. Um, not negative, not positive, but just like we said before with, you know, EA, time to step up because you have competition now. Mm -hmm. it, on the gaming side, on the literature and movie side and everything like that, yes, you know what? I believe in a certain aspect that the authors here also have competition because... People are engaged again because of the Man the Mandalorian, and people want to be engaged again. Yeah, oh, definitely. But if you have something great from there, from the Mandalorian on the on the movie and visual side, 
for the audio and reading, you really want to keep that standard up there. And you really have to be like, you know what? If people are talking about The Mandalorian for the next few years, they're going to be talking about this as well. Yeah. Either mm -hmm. in the same sentence or they're going to segue from that into this or something. But it's going to be it's going to be something that people want to talk about and people want to discuss and people want to know more about and people ask for more about. So if they hold themselves to the same regard that Filoni and Favreau and everybody who worked on just The Mandalorian alone did, mm -hmm. we're in for some great things. Oh. But again, the onus is on them, so that could also come with great pressure that can break people too. So, you know, not not completely positive, not completely negative, but just very, Hold very, very just exactly. It's mm. wait and see. But I think is what Noma's saying too, is like don't uh, don't just, you know, fall into oh, this is gonna be amazing, everything's there, but like have a little bit of skepticism, which I appreciate. Yeah, don't don't get your your hopes up and be pleasantly surprised if you're if I'm proven wrong. And I like like I said, I hope I'm proved wrong. And then yeah, season and two of the Mandalorian, no, it made me feel so happy for you when you're like, you know what, I'm excited about <laughs> Star Wars again because it was just like yeah. this moment of just like finally they did something to make Noma happy, and it yep. was just like not like they did, never did, but I mean like something mm -hmm. new, something exciting and exhilarating that makes you excited for season three and for Ahsoka and for all these other things. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's why, you know, I'm not saying, oh, no, I, I assume it's going to be, you know, Hyperholic is going to be garbage. It's like, yeah, no, now that I've seen what they're doing, just keep doing that. Yeah, and exactly. From from what you guys have been saying, Light of the Jedi sounds good. So hopefully that'll draw me in even further. And this will just, uh, you know, continue that trend. Yeah. Tune in next now, week for ah, the Light of the yes. Jedi. There you go. <laughs> I was about to segue. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, if the audio of this is piqued your interest in it for sure, check us out next week because we will be going over everything to do with, or most of everything to do with the light of the Jedi. I'm going to try and get my hands on uh, Insider number 199 so we can do the short story as well. Awesome. Nice. All right, let's round out this section and head to the outro. And calling in Phoenix Squadron rising from the ashes, we have the fan pick of the podcast returning to Holonet Headlines. Now, it's not tough to find fan picks because there are so many fans of Star Wars, us, everybody, like the whole globe at this point. A lot of it is Mandalorian related right now, but you do find some really, really, really either genius designs or just some funny people doing some great stuff. And Dan, I think you found some art that was really beautifully done. What was what was that about? Yeah, uh, on Reddit, as I normally am, um, I found, I'm just, you know, scrolling through the Star Wars Reddits as I do, and uh, found this awesome fan art of Bo-Katan. And I don't even know the best way to describe this. It's the pose that she did when she takes out the Stormtrooper on the Gazanti-class uh, freighter, and she turns around to the camera. And it's that pose, but it's more of like a comic-y style. Um, and it's like a dark on the right-hand side, and it's got like fire kind of lighting her from the left-hand side at the front. And it's just a beautiful piece made by someone named uh, user T-R-I-K-U-Z-A-23. So Tricuza? 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 23? And... Uh, they said, just finished this Bo-Katan portrait. And man, oh man, like that's a phone background if I've seen one. Um, if you yeah, like Bo-Katan, go for it. Go support this person. I think in the comments, they um, put up their Instagram. Uh, so definitely go support the, the artist who, who created this. Um, and make it your phone background for a little while because Bo-Katan's pretty cool. Yeah, def definitely give her credit because it is, it's beautiful. Yeah. Like you get the reflectiveness out of the out of the visor, you, the, oh my god! That's my like, favorite pose is... from Bo-Katan in the Mandalorian season two. Is like yeah. when she turns around, it just reminds me of like Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars: The Clone Wars of like how um, Bo-Katan moves and like just mm -hmm. her imposingness in as a character, and like Katie Sackhoff just nailed it. It was so good. Mm -hmm. That was great. Uh, one that. Um... One that no one I found, <laughs> it was on Reddit as well. And this one, it was just, it's a feel-good story, which is why we really liked it. 
But, um, you know, as you know, around the world, things I've said it multiple times, I will keep saying it, things around the world are just not great right now. But leave it to Australia <laughs> to find something great. And at uh, sport matches, they had a cricket match. It was India versus Australia. And they they allow fans into their stadiums at the moment. And so, but they still have to wear masks. So a whole section of people came in with stormtrooper shirts, just wearing white. They had like the first order stormtrooper, like full face mask. And there's a Vader among them and everybody's just out having a good time at this match. And, you know, people want to be out. People want to be enjoying themselves again. But these guys are still doing all of that and making it, you know, nobody wants to wear them, but they're making them great for all of them uh, at that point there, you know? Like, they're they're showing that, you know, we can still have fun throughout all these difficult times. And I think that's a really good feel-good story to show the rest of the world to be like, yeah, we can we can still do great. We, oh, I don't want to say that. It sounds so stupid. I want to see stuff. I, it's getting so close to make it great again, and I just want to <laughs> say that. <laughs> you got to tell that line. <laughs> yep. But they are they are just showing it's like it's still possible to function and live and have fun while keeping everybody safe and keeping looking out for one another. And you know, even though it's first order, that's still what you know. Star Wars hope everything is all about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree completely. You just want to kind of find that positivity in the world and, you know, share it with everybody else. Yeah. All right. Fan pick of the podcast. If you have seen something in the last week or month that has really touched you or you've seen something that looks amazingly awesome. Sorry, like the art not just touched you, but force touched you. Uh-huh. Did it mind touch you, though? <laughs> That's true. Point out here on the doll where it, might, it force touched. <laughs> Over here. But definitely, if anything has caught your attention that you want the world to know about, or you just want a few people to know about, up to you. Uh, Dan, you want to tell them how they can contact the podcast? Of course. You can find us uh, through our email at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com, our website, which is www.voiceoftheforce.com, where you can find all of our episode posts, our shop, our um, contests when we do those, all that kind of stuff. Uh, check out there and you can listen to the podcast straight off of that webpage with SoundCloud built in, or you can find us on any major podcast uh, platform as well. You can find us on Twitter at VoiceForcePod, Facebook.com slash VoiceForcePod, and Instagram um, at VoiceForcePod. And uh, like I said, you can listen, rate, listen, rate, and review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. So remember to review because it helps us with visibility for other new uh, listeners looking for a Star Wars podcast. And if you hit subscribe, you get the new ep- newest episode of any of our shows as soon as they release on that podcast platform. This has been HoloNet Headlines, January 2021. Tune in for our next episode in the future.